You're listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 23rd of February 2024. On Market Day, we'll speak with Grady Wolf from Bell Direct, but we are going to start with artificial intelligence and the boom there because it sent shares on Wall Street to a record high overnight, driven by a 16% surge in NVIDIA shares. They're up 231% in 12 months. It's now the world's fourth largest listed company. For more about it, its role in artificial AI and the future for AI, I spoke with Alex Pollack. He is the Chief Investment Officer at Loftus Peak. Alex, let's start with the basics. What's behind the AI hype at the moment? What can AI do? AI is a general purpose tool that you can apply to any sort of part of your, uh, you know, the work that you want to do. For example, um, A very simple application is it has the capacity for you to be speaking one language and somebody on the other side of the world to be speaking another language and and for it to simultaneously translate the languages so that you're hearing the English version of what the Chinese person is saying, the Chinese person is hearing the English version. But that's just one. You know, as many applications as there are out there right now, that's how many AI applications there are going to be. Um, the ability to be able to, you know, most people can't write computer code, that's fine, but the ability to say, please, computer, write me some code that um, automatically uh, books my next six hotel visits to this particular place, uh, et cetera, and bring up all the prices, et cetera, and not have to go and kind of do that yourself. You can tell the, the, the AI do this job for me, and it will code the necessary things to do that and present them to That's what AI can do right now. Isn't one of the key things that we don't necessarily know what the future capabilities are? Yes. So that's a very interesting point. When they launched 3 and 4G globally, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I mean, Netflix was a business, so to speak, but it hadn't really occurred to Netflix necessarily that the broadband speeds that made uh, 3G useful could also be those that carried video, Netflix programming. And those same uh, capabilities for broadband also enabled you to be able to see your Uber driver coming because that's a kind of video product itself. So those applications really became very important as a result of 3G. We don't necessarily know all of the different applications that will spring up outside of, uh, as a result of this AI thing that's happening, but there will be hundreds, if not thousands, and there will be business-changing applications in the same way that Google changed advertising in search, in the same way that Netflix changed the way we consume television away from, uh, you know, linear to streaming, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't know when these tools, what when these tools are created, what they may be capable of doing, but um, people build whole business models on top of them and appify them, turn them into applications. We don't know how it'll roll, but we know it has the capability to do a whole lot of things that haven't been yet really, you know, thought up, thought through. Okay, so when we talk AI, we know there's one company in particular, uh, that's the US company NVIDIA, that's really um, uh, getting a lot of attention. Why? What is it? 
and what does it do? So what NVIDIA does is it previously all of the architecture behind computing meant that it had to go through this one thing, the central processing unit. Anyone who's bought a computer, you know, probably has Intel inside and that was the Intel chip that everything ran through and it processed requests in a serial way, one after the other. What the NVIDIA does and what is profoundly different is that NVIDIA uh, farms out all of the complex series of calculations into very simple ones that are all um, processed together in parallel at the same time, meaning that they don't have to go through the central processing unit, meaning that they are incredibly fast. And this is a revolution in the way data centres and companies will operate with the ability to, in real time, I mean, you can imagine, right, if every word had to go through a central processor and and you were trying to translate in real time, that could be quite hard to do. But with the general, the GPU, with NVIDIA's GPUs, each little bit of the GPU itself can be responsible for a bunch of different words and stringing them together is a very easy thing. That is the revolution. And only NVIDIA, really, and AMD and a couple of others have the capability to produce these GPUs at scale. Yeah, so that, that was my next question. Um, we, we saw revenues at, um, at NVIDIA uh, surprise to the upside. It expects um, sales to continue to grow. That's what it's told the US market. So are there any other companies out there that, that can do what NVIDIA does? Not, not quick, not in the time frame. I mean... NVIDIA, the NVIDIA stock price has quadrupled, so to speak, in the last few months. But remember, NVIDIA's sales last year were $22 billion. This year they were $60 billion. Next year they'll be $120 billion. I've never seen a company in, in all my 35 years of doing this, I've never seen a company from a very large base already, $22 billion, double and redouble its revenue. It does that because it is the absolute scale producer, the scale manufacturer of these GPUs. And so it's, it, you know, it, it's what's happening is not a froth and bubble boom, so to speak, the way that, you know, the, what the tech rec was. This is underpinned by tens and tens and tens of billions of dollars of sales that are happening right now. What are the risks, though? I think... Um... Investors may look at this sector and see that it's quite hot, see NVIDIA as an example to see its share price group go through the roof. We're seeing tech stocks today doing quite well as a result. How do you balance the risk versus reward? What do investors need to know? Well, what we do is we don't, you know, to the extent that other tech stocks have done well, they've done well because they've got part of the equation. You know, there are lots of other parts of the equation relating to AI that are not particularly uh, um, only NVIDIA's and the, they're not only NVIDIA's. They, there's applications of AI in people's mobile phones and in people's laptops in the next generations that are coming down the pike even as we speak. And so the, not all tech stocks went up last night, but a number of them that are perceived to be beneficiaries of this AI, they certainly did. We run a diversified portfolio. We don't bet it all, bet the whole farm on one particular company because companies, you know, come and go and they can do well one week and bad at the next. So, you know, our approach is to 
target a basket of companies that have exposure to this across a basket of different industries, retail, travel, um, banking, etc. Uh, and that's how we defray the risk and, and keep it down. I don't want this to sound like a doom and gloom question, but is there anything that could yeah. derail AI? Yeah. Um, there are things that could change, that could slow the pace down. Um, you know, chip shortages, for example, you know, another war around the world. There are all the usual things that, you know, pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. But short of all of those things, no, it's, it would be like saying, is there anything that could slow down the rollout of 3G, 4G or 5G? Uh, yes, there are probably things, but those things are going to happen. These things are already happening. Meta, Facebook, spent $10.5 billion on GPUs. It announced that it was going to only two weeks ago. These guys are not spending $10.5 billion, you know, one-twelfth of NVIDIA's uh, revenue this year to build supercomputers to process advertising so that, yeah, and you can see the returns that Meta has produced from that. They're not doing it trivially. They're doing it because they completely believe that this is going on. So I think the chances of it being, there'll be, there's definitely possibilities for a slowdown, for air pockets. Can it be stopped? I highly doubt it. That is Alex Pollock there, Chief Investment Officer at Loftus Peak. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Well, that rally on Wall Street fed through to the Australian share market with the S&P ASX 200 rising 0.4% to 7,643. For more, I spoke with Grady Wolf, a market analyst at Bill Direct. Well, naturally, we saw some strength on Wall Street overnight with the Nasdaq obviously leading the charge over there on the back of those ai fueled rally on the tech sector. And it's funny because at the start of the week this week, investors were thinking that all of the big Magnificent Seven were overvalued. Then NVIDIA came out with their results and they absolutely went from strength to strength and guided towards $24 billion US dollars in revenue in the next quarter. So that's even more growth on the um, horizon for the, such a big company in the US. And so that naturally drove a tech rally here today in, a, in on the ASX. And we've also seen the tech rally has been driven by AI for the last year. It's nothing new. So everyone is really into the AI space now and really looking at tech stocks again and the value um, that they're posing in this current day and age. And the market was also responding today to some big corporate earnings results out. We are in reporting season. So Aussie Broadband soared 17% today on rising sales and Jumbo Interactive obviously rallied over 6% today on rising sales and profits. So again, the market was in very good sentiment today and that's after quite a turbulent week this week with a negative start to the week. Let's break up those two key themes, AI and profit reporting season. First of all, given the attention on NVIDIA, are there any ways to play AI here in Australia? There's actually a number of ways to play AI. So the natural first obvious way is through playing a company like Altium, which is going to get taken over soon, likely to get taken over soon, um, or Archer Materials, who are producers of semiconductors and the AI technology in this Australian market. You can also play it through REIT stocks, which is a really interesting alternative. So companies like Goodman Group or NextDC, they own the warehouses and the infrastructure that's required for these AI softwares to run. So they've got the data warehousing. So 
So that's kind of the way that I would play it. And I really like that kind of growth there. And Goodman Group is on a lot of brokers' radars right now. And I know a lot of the Bell Potter brokers actually have them as staples for all of their clients' portfolios. Um, you can also play it through an ETF, like the BetaShares Global Robotics and Artificial Intelligence ETF. So that tracks all of the um, AI companies out there in the world. Or you can also play it through many different sectors on the ASX. So a lot of companies are investing in AI. So for the likes of Temple and Webster in the retail space, they're investing in it through a company called Renovi, which is an AI um, software for interior design. Or you can play it through the miners like FMG, BHP. They're investing in it for safety reasons. Or you can play it in the healthcare front through Tilix Pharmaceuticals, who acquired Dedicaid, which is a um, an AI software that predicts the outcome of clinical trials. So there is many ways to play it, and it kind of it depends on your diversification and your strategy as to how you play it in Australia. So given the sector, well, AI is really in the headlines. There seems to be a, a lot of good news. You hear of NVIDIA and all this money being made. What are the risks, though? Because some people talk about valuations. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Run us through the risks there. There's a few risks both for consumers and for uh, companies in the AI space. So there's obviously we've got it's a technology. So you're always at risk of any cyber attacks, any security breaches, privacy breaches, because it actually requires a lot of data for AI to be running and for the algorithms to build and machine learning to operate. So there's a the privacy breaches are definitely a key risk. You've obviously got is the, the bias in the technology because this technology is being built by people and by um, different software. So the natural societal biases are able to play into this and moving forward through the algorithms that are trained to obviously predict different outcomes. Um, ethical dilemmas, naturally, that's a big one. That's a kind of concern for a lot of consumers and Australians and even citizens around the world, because we are so scared that robots are going to replace our work, which for companies is really good because it's a cost cutting measure. But for us employees, it's like, well, what are we going to do? It's, it's our job, it's our livelihood and robots are coming to replace us. And then obviously over-reliance on AI as well, because a lot of skills are required to in the workplace. And if AI is coming in to replace that, it says we might get a little bit too reliant and obviously lose our skills and that will pass on to generations to come. Um, there's obviously legal concerns over the IP and the regulation of the space. It's not currently heavily regulated. So we're going to need some serious regulation on that front to uh, control the robots and AI moving forward. And obviously for a company, it's the risk of falling behind competitive-wise because if your competitor is investing in AI and really exceeding their operational efficiency and you're not, then you're falling behind. Okay, so that's AI. Let's now talk about profit reporting season, which continues today. Which one's caught your attention and why? Yeah, a few have caught my attention over the last few weeks. And um, this week in particular was Cochlear in the healthcare space. That's uh, They're really sitting on a high valuation at the moment. They're an expensive stock, but their results were so impressive. So they had... Um, they're continuing to go from strength to strength. They had 35% increase in net profit. Underlying net profit was 17% higher. Um, earnings, their price to earnings at the moment is 114 times on these results. So that is really expensive. And that's the reason a lot of brokers have actually downgraded them to a sell rating. But in the healthcare space, the demand for their products and their guidance that they issued for profit into the second half of FY24 is really strong. So Cochlear is definitely one that has stood out to me this reporting season. And then LaVisa as well. LaVisa is one stock I've been talking about for a very long time. And I absolutely love this company. They can do, they've just 
kind of risen the ranks and really exceeded all expectations. They are fashion jewellery, but they continue to go from strength to strength. And growth is seriously, their runway is so long because they've just opened in China. And everyone thought that was a really controversial move in this current environment where China's really struggling to come back from the pandemic lows. But they're continuing to grow over there. And their sales, like-for-like sales over there, were really strong. Um, They obviously opened 74 new stores in the first half, which is meeting their guidance. They had revenue rise seven, uh, 18%, EBIT up 16%, NPAT up 12%, and the dividend raised to 50 cents per share. So a company like Levisa is really resilient, especially against headwinds of slowing consumer demand in the retail space. Now that we're coming through the other end of proper reporting season, what is it saying about the way companies are performing in the face of the cost of living crisis and a slowing economy? Yeah, it's definitely a real factor to consider this reporting season. And we've seen investors punish a lot of companies for these exact reasons. Now, growth outlook is slowing for a number of companies. And we saw investors really punish those companies that provided outlook for slowing growth. So the likes of Lendlease, Seek, Breville and Sinley Milk were four companies that provided this and obviously were punished accordingly by investors. The big four banks are expected and are facing declines or stagnant net interest margins. And that's where they make most of their profit. And this was not unexpected, but definitely came through this reporting season. And this is because of increasing provision for doubtful debt. So increased expectation of defaults as Aussies are facing tough times to repay their mortgages, but also switching is on a high at the moment. So we're seeing a lot of Australians really reconfigure their uh, mortgages so they can find the best, most affordable way to pay their and service their mortgages in the current environment of high interest rates. And then also obviously cost management of inefficiency have really hurt companies this reporting season. So West African Resources was one that guided to higher costs and lower production in the coming uh, months. Woolworths as well, um, their margin was actually soared to 6%. And so that kind of provides more further evidence of price gouging, the current issue that we're facing at the moment with the big supermarkets. And they manage costs so well, but they also increase margins. So it does go to show duopoly is playing well in Australia's supermarket uh, industry for both Coles and Woolworths. And finally, wrapping up and very quickly, the opportunities for investors at the moment, where are they? AI is the one we've talked about today and definitely in the REIT space. As I said, I'm really positive on this sector. So Goodman Group is one, uh, Next DC is another. I do see great potential for them moving forward. Um, and we know that a lot of brokers are big fans of those companies. Also ResMed, their, their results that came through about a month ago and they were really, really strong. Um, the company is that their share price is down about 7% over the last year. So it just goes to show there is opportunity and growth. Now this company was actually, um, they, had, they were sold off recently because everyone thought that Ozempic coming out and the weight loss drugs and new weight loss um, epidemic is it was going to dampen their demand for sales of sleep apnea drugs and uh, sleep apnea devices sorry and so it just goes to show ResMed has said no we can actually work alongside them a lot of people are increasing demand for our products and so they're going from strength to strength So, so ResMed is definitely an opportunity right now. That's Grady Wolf there from Bell Direct. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.